Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. When children love learning, they can tackle any challenge life throws at them. Sylvan's insight assessment can help you determine if your child is ready for what's ahead. It can also identify gaps in learning and point out areas that could be of concern for your child so they can tackle what's to come. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. The internet isn't always the safest place for adults. But let's be real, it's not exactly something most of us would want to quit. Even in 2019, it still feels like a miraculous way to learn about new things and keep in touch with friends and family. And so, we keep logging on. And for the most part, we do it knowing that we forfeit a lot of our privacy in the process. But what about kids or babies? Heck, what about newborns? Kids rarely have the same understanding of what's at risk for them or even a choice about the kinds of things their parent or guardian might share online about them. So today on the show, we're looking at sharenting, a word that describes all the stuff parents put out into the world about their kids on social media. And we're going to ask an important but pesky question. Has our need to share news about the most important people in our lives, children, actually been putting them at risk? I'm Ariel Dimros. This is Reset. Kara Swisher is a tech journalist and the co-founder of Recode. Scott Galloway is a marketing professor who focuses on tech at NYU. Together, they're the dynamic duo behind the Recode podcast Pivot. And I looked at their social media accounts just to give you a sense of how famous they are. Together, they have 1.5 million followers on Twitter. Granted, most of them are Kara's. And Kara has about 28,000 followers on Instagram. They're low-key tech biz celebs and also parents. Their kids are between the ages of 17 and one month old. So I wanted to know, how do they deal with sharing info about their kids online? I'm a terrible sharent. That's what I am. I don't know what else to put it. I just really am. I have been for a long time. I've obviously been deeply involved in social media and uh, not so much Facebook, but Twitter and Instagram for sure. I think I have taken their pictures for a long time and have shared them. Now, the oldest doesn't mind and has said that. I've talked to him about it, and he's been on the podcast. And So you've had a conversation Yes, about it. absolutely. And so he doesn't mind. He's used to it and sort of likes being on social media a little bit more and is much more outgoing. My other one is very much different and, and very much, in fact, probably going to be angry for me talking about this here, but, and he's right, by the way. Um, like the other day, he got mad at me because I posted a picture he didn't like, and he wants me to check pictures now. Before, he didn't want right. any pictures, and I stopped putting pictures of him for a long time online. And then he got mad that there were no pictures of him, you know what I mean? Like, like I didn't care. Sure. Now I have to prove the pictures with him, so he looks cool, I guess, or whatever, what pictures he likes. Um, and then he sometimes wants me to tag him and sometimes doesn't, but what he wants is to be asked first, and I think that's fair. Mm-hmm. And with this baby, I like showing pictures of the baby. And so my friends get to see him. And I probably should make them more private, because. but I'm a super public person. Um, and I think I have to, you know, uh, my girlfriend's more like has a private thing for the baby and puts more of the private pictures there. But I definitely have to think harder and consult my kids more uh, than I do. Okay. And Scott, 
I've decided to go private on Instagram because I have pictures of my kids. I find it somewhat performative when other people post pictures of their kids before the age of consent. A couple times I've done it, I found that maybe I was doing it to try and come across as more likable. I mentioned my nine-year-old, my youngest, on Pivot uh, uh, last week. And when we were listening to it, he lit up like a Christmas tree. He just loved it. But at the same time, I know a couple times uh, with Kara as they get into their teenage years, they sometimes, you just can't tell when a teenager is going to get offended or not offended. So at some point, I don't know when that age is, I need to ask them if it's cool if I tell a story that involves you. Mm. Uh, I just feel like at some point I'm going to need, quote unquote, their, their consent. And until then, I should probably err on the side of discretion around it. So it's interesting because what I'm getting from both of you is this this idea that your kids want to have a say. Yeah. But even beyond that, actually, it's a privacy and security issue yes. to post pictures of your children or to have user IDs. Like, Kara, I, I have to say, I was able to check your Instagram and your partner's Instagram and figure out your newborn's birthday. Yes. And that is supposed to be a, a dangerous thing because it can lead to identity theft even of a newborn. So... What's your reaction to that? It's interesting because I've been really careful about that with the other kids, the, the birthdays and the numbers. And in fact, my brother put his birthday on Facebook and I was like, take that down. And I have like 26 birthdays on the Internet. So, you know, quite, I get birthday <laughs> wishes all year round. Um, and so I agree. I, I, I should have thought of that more carefully uh, and I didn't. And so it's done, you know, kind of thing. Right. Um, so, yes, I think privacy and security. I mean, Scott, you can talk about this. The idea of privacy is, is definitely and security. I think privacy less so because, you know, I'm sort of of the school is very little as private anymore. More, um, but uh, but the, but the security issue is certainly something to think hard about. And Scott, uh, I mean, just hearing this? you talk about it and just thinking about it, you, you would just hate to ever in any way compromise, even theoretically, your kid's security or privacy. Right. And so it's sort of that that notion is horrifying. Um, you know, at the same time, what I have found is there's a huge white space for you know, white guys, white heterosexual guys my age to talk about their feelings and the, their experiences of being a father. Mm -hmm. And so I've gotten a lot of reward, and I think a lot of people have gotten a lot of reward for me being very open and writing about it. But I don't post pictures of, you know, them, them you know, me holding their hand as we walk into church together. I find that's a little bit over the top. Right. Yeah, that is, it's true. It's an interesting time because I think it's the way people communicate now and, and photos, of course, and videos are part of that. So I think sometimes it's okay and sometimes it's not. And I think the issue is, I think as I've come to think about it more, is you've got to talk to the, your kids about it. And even though you're right, they don't have an ability to consent until they're 18 is the thing. So even if they say, hey, it's okay, it's maybe not okay. And so it's just a question of if you're using them as sort of props. And I think Scott's right about that. So I'm actually curious about this, Kara, because you just had a newborn, right? This mm -hmm. is, You have a chance to basically Reset. change your habits right. if you want to. Yeah. Like you could decide your child is one month old. Right now, I'm going to like go on total security lockdown. I'm going to be really careful about what I share. 
Is that at all on your mind? Have you considered it? Yes, because my girlfriend is, is not happy about with it. Or not unhappy. She's not unhappy. She's in the middle, like like Scott is. She's in the middle. Right. And so, yes, I've thought more about it. And so a lot of the very intimate ones are going to be in a private thing for family because I do think it's great to share photos like that. Okay. Um, and the, and I get I, I ask if I can publish others. And uh, the, okay. increasingly, there will be very few faces. There'll be a back of back of um, thing. I don't think I will take my Instagram account private. I have lots and lots of users. It'd be, it wouldn't be private anyway. It would still have you know, right. 20,000 people on it or whatever it is. And, and you can't, you know, with Twitter, it's sort of, there's so many people. So I'm going to be very judicious in terms of what I put up um, and get permission. I think permission is probably the first part. And then and not that as means many permission fish. from your partner, right? right so you've exactly. had conversations yes, about this exactly. with your partner. Yes, exactly. And then okay. eventually, no faces, maybe backs of heads, things like that. And then also locations. I'm really good about removing locations. Not every time, but I'm good about removing locations. Okay. Scott, have you spoken to your partner about, you know, what is appropriate and what is not? No. No? No. <laughs> not once. Uh, we, we should. For me, it hasn't been security. And, and I just ignorantly haven't really thought through the issues around that. For me, it's more keeping this somewhat sacred and I'm constantly cognizant of the fact that I'm constantly virtue signaling and trying to make myself more likable than I really am. And I find that mm-hmm. whenever you put a picture, your kids are just really cute and it makes you just more likable. Right. I use my dog for that. Yeah. So that's what I'm going to do. I'm, <laughs> well, my pets my dogs. Forget, I'm sorry about the pets. My pets are online and they are going to stay there. Yeah, that's fine. Forever. That's fine. They, they can my have their identity brilliant. stolen. You know, yeah. Right. Yeah. They're not going to complain. Anybody can steal Reggie's identity. I think yeah. that'll be okay. Oh, Reggie. Just that's an awesome use passwords and your pets. Please don't. <laughs> Don't worry. I use a password manager. I'm I'm pretty good about that. All right. All right. Um, what do you think about other parents or your friends who are parents posting content about their kids? Do do you see a difference? Is it because you guys are public facing people? Obviously, you're you're posting. Like you're on Twitter. All of those things. Do you see a difference in how they operate? No. They they post pictures like, look at my adorable baby. I like it actually. I get to see people's kids that I wouldn't necessarily. Yeah, I you know what I mean? So I kind of I like I consume a lot of that. Uh, I just don't like as when it gets ridiculously performative, like, and you can see that there's a big difference. It's sort of like when people have weddings and they go a little too, are we happy? Like, we're so happy. <laughs> like, and you know they're friggin' miserable. Like, you know the real story of the thing. But right. but uh, I think there's a there's a performative thing that people get to, which I don't like. But in in general, a lot of people just do it because they want you to see their cool kid, their cute kid, or their cute pet, or wherever they are, their meal. And I I I kind of like it. I would love a spiritual guru around this. I have so many gurus around other areas. I would love someone who's done some thought leadership here uh, to guide me around a construct around thinking around this because it's a hugely important issue. And the reality is I don't have a framework or clarity around it. Scott's in luck because after the break, we're going to hear from the person who literally wrote the book on this stuff. BRB. Leah Plunkett is an associate professor at the University of New Hampshire School of Law. She's also the author of a book called Sharonhood, Why We Should Think Before We Talk About Our Kids Online. Oh yeah, and she's a mother of two. 
I think that the desire to connect with people we know and to make connections with new people by bonding over our kids is a really natural and beautiful one. And I think the technology, though, sort of tricks us into not realizing just how public it is. You know, some studies suggest that kids will have, you know, well over a thousand pictures of them on social media well before they're five years old. And those pictures and the information that comes with them, they're not private. So even if your social media settings are set to private, all it takes is for somebody to take a screenshot of that picture and then repost it in a public-facing way. Or for somebody to have kind of crept into your social circle under false pretenses. So you think you're sharing with a closed community and you're really not. And so I really do worry a lot about thinking we're keeping something private when actually we're broadcasting it to thousands, if not tens of thousands of people. So what exactly are the risks? You know, worst case scenario, what are we talking about when we talk about people sharing photos on Twitter or Instagram or Facebook of their children? There can be some really scary worst-case scenarios, and they're not very common, but they're very real. So we know that a number of the images that are pornographic of children are pictures of real kids that are taken offline and photoshopped or otherwise retouched. We know that children's identities are particularly vulnerable to identity theft because most children would have no legitimate reason to have their social security number tied to a credit product. So if you are an identity thief um, or you are somebody intent on you know, obtaining credit in someone else's name through that identity theft, you can get a social security number through a data breach like Anthem or some of the other big high-profile data breaches that have had socials attached to them. And then you combine that with information about age, location, exact date of birth, and other details that we parents share readily. And it's so easy to create false credit applications in kids' names. And the government doesn't stop that. Nobody is stopping. Nobody is going, hey, this kid is asking for a line of credit that is weird. Like, this child is six months old. So the the government will stop it, will come after it and bring an enforcement action or a criminal prosecution once it happens. I have to say, just listening to you right now, my my main reaction is, one, people don't like being told not to share pictures of their kids online. Mm-hmm. And two, um, it sounds like even if you are the kind of parent who's going to be really, really careful, that there are really no systems set up for you to be absolutely certain that you are doing the best by your child. You are right on both counts. And I think that with the second one, that there's no system set up, that is part of what's scary, is even those of us who are really trying to think about privacy when it comes to social media are put in a really tough position because short of, you know, heaven forbid, something happening to our child's image that violates criminal law, so somebody takes it off the internet and, right. and manufactures into it, you know, um, there, there are not a lot of law enforcement or regulatory mechanisms keeping an eye on the wild west of social media when it comes to children's pictures and their data. And so you're left 
to a, as a parent, really to your own devices, pun kind of intended. Like, mm-hmm. so do you want to try to parse through all the terms of use and privacy policies for Facebook or Instagram or Twitter or whatever the next thing will be? Most of us aren't. You know, the studies show that most of us don't read these terms of right. use and privacy policies. And even if we do read them, good luck understanding them. And I say this as somebody who studies them. Um, I have trouble understanding them, Right, too. and I as think. a lawyer. Yes, exactly. And then even if you can understand them, inevitably there is kind of get-out-of-jail-free language in there for the provider. So we can share your information with our affiliates or we can do research on your information to improve the user experience. So really kind of holes so big you could drive trucks through them in terms of the ability of the companies. So now I'm talking about the companies, mm-hmm. not a hacker or an abuser, but the companies themselves. Right. You're talking about Facebook doing like facial recognition on your kids' pictures. Exactly. That is, yeah, the New York Times headline of how pictures of your kids are powering digital surveillance technology. What would you say to a parent who doesn't think that a picture of their child naked in a, a sink or a bathtub um, is a problem if it's shared on a uh, a private Instagram that has very few followers? I would say that they're right, that they are taking more precautions than, let's say, posting it on Twitter, you know, and tagging it, you know, hashtag, you know, naked baby in a bathtub. Is that an actual hashtag? I'm sorry, I have to ask. No, I don't. I haven't seen that one, but you know, you can imagine it. It may as well be. Um, but no, great. Now it's going to become one. Um, but I would say that any time a picture is shared digitally on social media, you should assume that it could get out of your control. It could get out of your control if one of your followers loses their phone and someone else gets it. It could get out of your control if one of your followers takes a screenshot of it and reshares it and, you know, or has their phone hacked into. And even if you feel really confident that, you know, your five Instagram followers are like your best friend, your parents, and your grandma, so you trust them completely— you feel like the odds of them losing their device are slim, you still can't control or even really know what may be happening behind the tech company scenes with those images. So I'd say to that parent that what they're doing is lower risk than certain behaviors, but it's not no risk. My rule of thumb to parents if they ask me is don't post pictures in any stages of undress. How is that any different than the risks for adults? Why focus specifically on kids? Because parents especially, but also teachers, grandparents, and other trusted adults, we have to step in and serve as the legal decision makers for our kids when it comes to their images and their information. So I think any time that you are being asked to step into someone else's shoes and sort of serve as their watchdog, you have a heightened moral responsibility to make sure that you're minimizing the risk that they could be exposed to. If I'm not sharing stuff on social media, what other data might be accessible about my kid? If you are using any sort of smart devices in your home 
or any sensor-based devices, then they are going to pick up information about your children. So a Nest Cam or a um, smart TV or let's say a smart diaper, which is a real thing now. It, it it measures urine, but I think not bowel movements. So anything that is... Interesting. Yeah, no, real thing. Um, so any device in your home that is taking in digital data and sharing it back to a you know software application or other type of digital infrastructure is taking your kids' private information and having it leave your home. Yeah, kind of terrifying. I, I'm wondering, what's the solution here? Are you advocating for parents to, to become technophobes, Luddites? You know, so much about having a child these days is involves setting them up for success by making sure that they have early interactions with tech. But it, it kind of sounds like you're saying, uh, you know, hold off on that. I am advocating that all of us start to just have more conversations about it and raise our own awareness. I would advocate that parents look for low-tech or no-tech ways to do particularly intimate things. So, for instance, going back to my smart diaper example, there may be situations where, let's say, due to a medical reason, you really want to be able to do very finely tuned monitoring of urine output. But if you're not in that type of situation, maybe just think about changing that diaper the old-fashioned way. You know, taking a look, you know, seeing if it's wet, and if it is, change it. I'm actually so glad that you just explained that because I have been wondering the whole time why anybody would buy a smart diaper because I was like, is it because you want to measure the quantity? And then I just realized just now that what you were talking about is literally just getting pinged when your child has a wet diaper because presumably you can't smell it the way you might um, with poo. Yeah. And and I think, you know, so Huggies is saying they now have a concept that um, will allow a text notification when there's been a bowel wow. movement. So I guess it's Pampers that only does urine. Huggies does, does bowel movements. So, but I do think that while I'm not advocating for parents to become technophobes, I am advocating for us to make values-based decisions and think if we are using a digital technology or service, whether it is social media to stay connected or an Alexa or other home assistant, are the benefits from that outweighing the potential privacy risks and the potential downstream risks to children's current and future opportunities if the data that's collected is aggregated, shared, and analyzed with a future decision maker like a college or an employer. And I recognize that that kind of data apocalypse, we're not quite there yet. We're getting close. We're not quite there. And so I think it's very reasonable for parents to say, you know what? Um, my social media settings are set to private. So I feel pretty confident that the images aren't being reshared. I don't really care if surveillance technology uses my kids' pictures and it is worth it to me to stay connected to my family in Australia, for instance. So I don't advocate that parents, you know, break their phones or go live in a hut in the woods. But I do advocate that we all raise our awareness that there are hidden costs and hidden risks to doing things digitally. 
Leah Plunkett is an associate professor at the University of New Hampshire School of Law and the author of the book Sharon Hood, Why We Should Think Before We Talk About Our Kids Online. Leah, thank you so much. Thank you. I had a wonderful time. Parents, I know navigating the internet and privacy for your kids is hard. Non-parents, I like you guys too. Thanks for listening to Reset. I'm Ariel Dimross. If you want to follow Ariel on Twitter, you can find her at ADRS. You can also reach the Reset team by emailing reset at fox.com. If you haven't already, subscribe to the pod. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or in your favorite podcast app. And if you like what you hear, give us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts. It really helps. Since it's Thanksgiving on Thursday, we'll be back Sunday, December 1st. Later, nerds!